Welcome back. Here we are, uh, episode uh, three of season three. Uh, First Gen Wealth, I'm Randy Woodworth, your host and co-host Jim Woodworth, my my younger brother. Looking physical today, bro, with the uh, the short sleeve and the guns out. Sun's out, guns are out. Yes. We'll do it. So you had a topic in mind today, so I'm going to let you kind of lead the way there. Yeah, well, there's a couple things that happened recently that kind of got me in this mode of thinking. Um, number one, just got lots of property tax assessments in the mail. Um, and number two, the state of New York found Donald uh, J. Trump guilty of bank fraud or, or whatever they um, accused him of. I'm not exactly certain of the exact charges. Um, but it got me thinking about how we position things from a tax standpoint and then how we position things from a bank standpoint. And we've talked about this briefly in a previous episode. Um, anytime we go get a commercial loan, we have to fill out a personal financial statement. In that financial statement, we as in whoever the borrower, borrower is, gives an estimated value of whatever real estate they hold, we give an val- estimated value of that property. The bank will do an appraisal on whatever property you're borrowing against, but everything else is just an estimate. Right. And it's so, up to the bank to do its own due diligence to say, we agree or disagree. And that's where the fallout is coming uh, with other developers around the country. So I've seen a few of those clips talking about the Trump case. It's bizarre because there was no, nobody was harmed. Right. So there's a loan taken and then a loan paid back. And and the bank actually testified that they were happy and wanted to continue to do business because there's, there was no, there's no victim. There's no victim. There's a there. So I don't. Yeah. So so you look around and basically what they're saying is this judge just decides that, no, you know, he's overinflated his value. Well, OK, maybe. But it, it, it doesn't matter because when you go to get a loan for a, a property and in this case, he's building like a, you know, four hundred million dollar building or whatever the heck it was. Or at least you're going to say, I'm going to build, this building's going to be worth $400 million. I want to borrow 200 because the the guy's still going to, you know, the developers still got to bring their own skin in the game. And uh, the bank says, uh, well, okay, but we're going to hire a third party appraiser. And this is just like how, this is how it works. Right. And then, and then the appraiser comes back and says, oh, it's 350. So we're only going to lend you 150. And then the haggle goes on and then they settle and then the deal, you know, they move on and the deal gets done. So how somebody from the outside can insert themselves after the fact, after the thing's been built, after the bank's been paid off and say, because you said it was worth X up front, you've committed fraud. It's beyond bizarre. It is. It's, the, it's so weird. So politics aside, we have a former president who very divisive and, you know, 50% love him, 50% hate him. So politics aside, we have a scenario where he's saying it's a witch hunt. Yeah. I don't see any other way to explain it other than like, we have a personal vendetta and we're going to go find something against him. I just can't like, okay, he or- he's ordered to pay $345 million. Where's that money go? Oh, it's going to the city. Okay. It's going to the city. So there's how, nobody- was the, how was the city harmed? <laughs> like, 
Yeah. If if I've got to pay the city, that would mean there is some type of damage done to the city. This was a personal transaction between me and a bank. I paid the bank back. The bank profited from yeah. me paying them back. And I can like I've been in situations like this um, at my previous employer. Like it is a thrill and an honor when we have the opportunity to assist somebody with their financing like a Donald Trump or like a governor or like a state senator or professional athlete. It's like we're excited to do that and we want to do business with those types of people because it creates potentially other opportunities. So as a bank, we've got that relationship now with this person. It's We've profited. We've made our money. Everything's done. So it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. The fact that now, and I don't care who it is, anyone, it could be me and you. Yeah. And imagine like next year, the city of Owasso says, we do not like the direction of where this podcast is going and <laughs> yeah. we have to, we have to stop Randy and or Jim. We're going to go get them. And because we took out a, it's not 400 million in our world, right. but because we took out a $500,000 loan or a million dollar loan, now we have to pay the city back where we have no relationship with the city other than our buildings here. It makes zero sense. I just, I just, I'm baffled. And it really is a slippery slope as what could happen next if this thing, if, it, if he doesn't win his appeal. Yeah, because, I mean, it opens the door because this is the standard practice. You as a developer, just like think of like anything that you own. You think it's worth something. You have value attached to it. It doesn't matter if it's a building, if it's a car, if it's, you know, your, your home that you live in. You think, it, you think it's worth something and somebody can come along and tell you, no, it's not. It's only worth X. But usually the value you feel towards something because you've got pride and ownership and you're, 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 you know, you have a little emotional attachment to what you've built or what you're going to build or what you own. So you have value attached to it. And it may be less than what somebody else thinks, but it doesn't matter. That's why they hire an appraiser. That's why they have a third party. That's why there's a process, right? So when, when somebody asks me, well, how much is this worth? First of all, it's a, it's a made up number, no matter what. Because even if I were to say it's like the building we're in now, $4 million. Well, maybe. Would somebody buy it for that? Maybe. Would somebody buy it for more? Maybe. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, so how can you say without a shadow of a doubt, here's the value, no matter what? Because in three months, it could absolutely change. If the interest rates go up further, the value comes down. If the interest rates go down, the value could go up. We get a new tenant, the value could go up. So that, that whole idea of trying to assign a value, especially retroactively, is, is, is just absolutely bizarre and you said it's a slippery slope so now every developer is going holy crap well not only that what about the, the banks how do they feel about this like if somebody can step in and say i mean it very well could have been hey this bank committed fraud sure and now we expect this bank to pay millions of dollars because for whatever reason you didn't no, underrate they, it properly or you've undervalued the property or you charge too high of an interest rate or whatever the scenario is. There is a, there has to be some type of process where 
you and I can go decide to go and decide to do who we do business with based on what we're buying, what we're selling, what we're getting, and pay a price for it. Yeah. And to like for somebody on the outside to say, nope, you paid too much, or no, you didn't do enough. Um, you know, your quality of work wasn't high enough. Where both other parties are happy with the overall result is just completely insane. Yeah, how somebody else can insert themselves and decide that there was a crime. Yeah. Or, 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 or fraud. It, 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 it's very weird. And if you're like, you know, you, you said something about the witch hunt. You feel like this is standard practice. This happens all the time. And it, and it to me, the only reason that this whole uh, fine was assessed is because the judge decided what the value was. Right. Why wasn't the judge getting an appraisal? Why wasn't the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's gotta be like, it's so, it's, so strange. It's insane. It's so insane. T- to me, it, it does feel like that was definitely kind of a bit targeted, but even still. So it's like, okay, so does anyone else have to worry about this? Cause it was, you know, orange man and he, you know, he bad. So we don't have to worry because they're not going to come after us. Well, that should worry you too, a little bit, right? Like, because you can maybe upset somebody in your hometown or your, or somewhere that you've done business. And like now they have the ability or the authority to just decide that even though everything was done correctly, that they've arbitrarily going to say, nope, we're going to, we're going to assess a fine here and then keep the money. Right. Well, that's the scary thing about the legal process is once a precedent has been set, yes, everyone would cite that process because it's, now a matter of fact, that is the law. That is what's happened. And until it's overturned or until there's, you know, a Supreme court ruling, that case can be cited as this is why it can be done. Right. So it's insane. So the reason why I kind of, I, I wanted to talk about this was because of the property tax assessments we just got. So yeah. you have um, Donald Trump and any other real estate developer in the world for the most part, when they have an opportunity to uh, challenge their or or contest their assessed value, they do. We're in the process of doing that right now for the city of Owasso and many other municipalities around the, the county. So on one hand, we have a scenario where we want to show this entity, the city, that our property is worth as little as possible. And we have documentation to show that it's worth as little as possible because we we need the property tax to be as low as possible to make it a profitable property. So that's kind of where he got himself into trouble. And this, and we do this, you know, any developer does this, any real estate owner does this. He was saying that from a tax standpoint, his properties were worth this much, but from the banking side, his properties were worth this much because you can show a different strategy um, strategy of how of how you come up with evaluation and there's yep. no there's no laws against that there's no and like you said there's there the the value of that building is nobody knows until it sells until yeah. it's been on the market and so you have conflicting processes in place with both scenarios and both scenarios are okay if you can justify it yeah so, and that's what I, you know, I, we, we often have been asked to give, uh, opinions of value, right. On different, ba- different buildings, different assets for different clients and stuff. And it's like, well, 
what's the purpose? Because I can go out and find comps to make it worth X amount, which is a high value. Or I can go and I can focus my search down here and find stuff to, to justify a lower value. Now, it's not like a massive range. Like there is probably a range. And that's when we're doing those for clients, we usually give them a range. But the point being is, just like we say in every stinking episode, you're going to find what you're looking for, right? So if you go out to evaluate a building for as cheap as possible and you start looking around, you can start finding things and comps because of various situations. Shoot, we just had a, a, a large landowner pass away and his stuff selling probably a little bit below market in some cases because uh, he's just gonna gonna move them and doesn't want to improve them and do the work to, to lease them up and things of that nature. So you can focus on those comps to show a building to be worth a little bit less. Or I can go out and search for the, you know, all right, what had great tenants? What had top value leases? What sold when the market was at its hottest point, right? And I can justify a higher price. So it is a very... Uh, there's a method to it, but it's still very arbitrary, even from an appraisal standpoint or from a broker's opinion of value standpoint. But when, when the, when the appraisers are hired for the bank, and this is what really irks me about this Trump case, they do a very diligent job, right? And sometimes we get a little upset, mm -hmm. right? With what comes yeah. back. And sometimes we're like, all right, cool. That's a bit of a surprise on the high end. Cause we're rooting at that point for the appraiser to come back with the highest value possible because we're trying to borrow money against that, that building. And sometimes they come in low and we have to, you know, sometimes we get another appraisal and that's a whole nother joke. You know, a hilarious thing. Part of it to me is like one appraiser can tell you, I just had it. Yeah. We had it <laughs> same building within three weeks. 1.6 and 2.3, two different appraisers. Yeah. And that's a, that's a that's pretty a, drastic that's $700, swing. $700,000 swing. So now you take a $10 million property and you have that same swing. Okay. Oh, it's, it's worth seven or 13. Million, it's yeah. like, yeah. it's yeah. So yeah, it can be a pretty drastic swing. And, and in my world, I see it all the time where we have a realtor or a client will reach out. Hey, I'm trying to buy this house. The appraisal came in low. The bank denied it. Can we start it? Yep. Let's get in the process. Oh, this appraisal came in much higher and vice versa. We've had low appraisals come in too. They end up going elsewhere and appraises just fine. Right. Like, I tell people all the time, like, and especially like in the refinance, when we're doing refinances, I'm talking to a client, Hey, my property's worth X and we get in the, get them in the process and we think it's worth X and then it comes in much lower and they're all like, what the heck? You know, and that plays to that point. Like, I think my property is worth more because I know what I put into it. I know what I did to the kitchen. I know that I just put a new furnace in or whatever the case may be. An appraiser has a different opinion. And an appraiser, this appraiser has a different opinion than that appraiser. And it, it so that's why this case is, um, I think it goes beyond a witch hunt. It's like a witch hunt is one thing, but the judge agreed. Yeah. They, you know, the prosecutor brought it forward and a judge agreed. Like that is so scary to me that, um, that, and again, it is a victimless crime. I would love for somebody to intelligently, um, explain to me how, where's, who's the victim? Who's the victim? There is no victim in this case. There's no victim. There is no victim. And that's what you, like you see, um, talking heads trying to argue this on, on CNN and CNBC and, and Kevin O'Leary is one that's been very, uh, uh, vocal 
about the damage that this can cause and because it's like who in their right mind would go and build in New York now and, and develop in New York. Like, and if it's, and if it's a precedent, like you say there, then it's a danger of happening all over the country. So what, are we just supposed to stop building? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because you could potentially lose every nickel that you had in profit or at least the, the lion's share of it by some arbitrary DA who doesn't like you can come along and, and, and benefit the coffers of the county or the city that they work for. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's insane. It's and the, bizarre. What makes it worse is all the video of that, of that prosecutor before this case even started. Like she ran on, I'm going to go get Donald Trump. Yeah. I'm going to go find something against him. Like, is there any bias to so that? Maybe, so maybe, so maybe the art, the, the victim is maybe what they're saying is the city of New York is the victim because we inflated these values. For, I, I don't, I don't, dude, I don't know. I, okay, so, so it, who inflated the values? Yeah. How does how does me taking out a loan on that property over there, if it's an inflated value, and if I take a loan out based on an inflated value and I pay it off, how does that impact? Because it didn't sell. It doesn't become a comp for anybody else. Right. It's a loan I took out and I paid it off. How does that, I don't understand how that comes into play where it hurts anybody. Right. And again, that's assuming that it truly is an inflated value. Right, right. And it may not be. Right. <laughs> depending on what numbers and what properties well, you find. Well, value is so timing driven. You know what I mean? Because like, like that building, I got the two appraisals on, one for 1.6, one for 3.2.3, uh, right? If I were to put that out on the market right now at $2 million, maybe I get an offer, maybe I don't. But if I wait six months, it might be a completely different story. $2 million might it, it might need to be 2.5 because the interest rates have come down mm -hmm. or I've added a couple tenants or, or, or something's changed or you know, the, the appetite for that type of assets change. So it's like value is very, um, it's dynamic. It's ever changing in, in certain buildings. Now there's, there's, there are certain assets that have like cap rates and it's just like traded like a, like a stock. Right. And it's, it's going to be valued pretty static based on the, the corporate backed paper. But even there, the real estate, where it's located, all these things, it all just comes into play. And it's just it's just an it, it. There should never be any one person who can decide that a value is, is right or wrong, because at the end of the day, it's the market that gets to decide that. And that only happens if something is for sale. Because we can pontificate all day long on what we think something's worth. But until you go and test the market to see if you can find a buyer, you really have no idea. Mm -hmm. You really have no idea. I mean, to a certain point, right? Well, I mean, when you're talking about a, you know, a commercial building in New York City that's unique to any other commercial building in New York City, you know what I mean? They're all yeah, different. Yeah. All different sizes. They have all different types of tenant mixes, different, you know different uses like yeah it's a, that's a tough well and tough until it hits the market yeah. until it tries to get sold it's all guesses on what its real value is right so i mean you is... can educate you know you can try and you can price it and maybe you put it out there and boom you get 
you know, multiple offers and you're like, crap, we're too low or crap. But there, you know, there are obviously, this is my job. We study the market. We try to understand the timing of the market at that given moment, right? So that when we go out for, on something for sale, we're not leaving money on the table for a seller. We're trying to hit that sweet spot. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that sweet spot is ever changing depending on outside factors. And there's nobody, especially if you're not in the business, which a DA and a judge are not in the business, they would have no idea, you know, they would have no idea on, the, on how to target a price on a building. There's just, it, it's, it's, it's like me trying to, trying to dis- tell the DA, how to, you know, I'm not a law a professor. I'm not an attorney. I don't, I don't have a juris doctorate over here. You know what I mean? You do your thing, but don't start a precedent that has ramifications throughout the country negatively that on an arbitrary value. That's the big problem here. And that's like, that's, uh, it's, I don't know, man. I don't want like, we're, we're, we spend a lot of time yeah, on this. But. I mean, but, but I think it's important to understand because if you just read the headlines, you're going to get. You know, your own Trump committed, yeah, found guilty on, yeah, committing fraud. Right. And this, you know, and there may be cases out there against him. There's several yeah. where he is legitimately guilty. And, yeah, we'll see. And that, and those cases should get that, if, you know, if found guilty, they should, it should be known. But this is one that's just complete garbage. Um, but you said that it's hard for one person to, determine a value and we've said in the past like a, a city assessor has an incredibly difficult job because oh they have God. to mass appraise thousands of properties of so all different asset of all classes. different asset classes yeah industrial residential commercial agricultural so <clears throat> flipping that side now where now we have to go and say hey city assessor we think you're wrong based on x y and z like based on your experience do you have any tips or recommendations for our listeners that that may be going through that process right now where because it's coming up quick like when this airs it's going to be like within the you know five to ten days of them having to go in front of their yeah so so jim's talking about the notice of assessment that the any municipality will send out um this time of year mid-february so you've probably uh, seen that by now and it gives you uh what the what the township or the city or the village is now saying your property's worth. And then that's what they base your property taxes off of. And it's going to show you a net increase or a net decrease on what you're going to pay in, in the upcoming year on your property taxes. Um, and in, and in uh, the case of the ones we were looking at yesterday, which is just from one municipality, they kind of used a one point, they, they used a 5% or a 6% uh, um, Inflation fact. Well, some I had one, a couple of them at one point zero six. Jim just held up five fingers. He's trying not to interrupt me, but uh, five. So it just depends. Five or six percent inflation, which is just kind of like you can't just. I understand what he's trying to do, and again, it is a tough job, but you can't just arbitrarily say everything's worth six percent more or five percent more because, in the in the commercial world. When those types, when we have that kind of a f- inflation, it actually negatively impacts the valuation, especially when interest rates are higher. So for you to say interest or inflation is up, therefore the property value is up, it's actually contradictory. The, the, the valuation's actually gone down a little bit 
because of inflation. So because of the, the same tool that they're using to justify the increase is the reason why it's not worth as much on the commercial side. Now, on the residential side, you know, I, I can't really speak to that as much. So maybe you can. But are you seeing like with interest rates, values coming down or is that still? We're still seeing increases in values, but it's also very, you know, very region specific and even inside the city. The north side is going to be different than the south side. So you can't just blanket, you know, do that. Um, but we are still seeing property values continue to climb. Um, and I think that's going to con- that, that'll continue regardless of rates, just because there's such a lack of inventory. So I would say no matter what, if you're, you know, if you own any property, you're going to get a notice of assessment. And at the top of it, it says this is not a bill. So a lot of people just throw it away. They don't actually read the details in there. But what they're telling you is, if you read through that document, it says we're increasing your property taxes. And if you don't like it, you need to set an appointment to come have a conversation with us. And it gives you days and times of which you can set those appointments. And if you don't, you no longer have recourse uh, to try to get your property taxes lowered. So I I would say, yeah, take a look at that piece of paper, dig it out of the garbage if you threw it away, uh, because there is probably 95% chance your property taxes are going to be higher uh, coming into 2024, going into the next year for 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 your home or for your business or for your investment. And we, you know, for us exactly right we try to keep those as low as possible uh for a multitude of reasons number one being profitability number two being affordability and when i'm saying affordability i'm talking about the tenants who are going to rent from us you know so i don't know if you heard this rumor but we like to raise rent every chance we get (laughs) that's that's what that's what i hear well when I get a bill or a, an, an assessment notice that says my property taxes on a, on a, on a building are going to go up $1,500 and you're, you know, you're not paying that much rent. If I don't have a lease, I'm going to try to get that because I, you know, I got to make my margins. Otherwise I lose the property. I can't afford the mortgage. Um, so just pay attention to those pieces of paper, but we fight them. We fight them every year. Uh, well, some of them, some of them. Uh, because again, we want, we want to remain profitable and we want to, we want to try to stay affordable for our tenants, um, and not have to pass those expenses on, uh, to our tenants. And in a commercial world, in a lot of cases, uh, especially if you look at strip malls or retail or even industrial buildings, um, those increases go straight to the tenant. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of landlords, uh, don't, don't argue with them because, they don't pay them. Right. We do. We, we do. Well, we do. Because, and the main reason is because long term, you have to assume at some point that current tenant's going to be out. And the longer you let that go, the more out of hand it gets, it's going to get. Because if it's a 5% increase every year and you don't, you're not paying attention to it, there's certainly years where it's not a 5% increase and it's easily documented. So you have to, you have to keep it as low as possible. And there's two different components of it. There's the assessed value and then the taxable value. And people will look at the assessed value and say, okay, no big deal because that's not what I'm paying taxes on. They can only increase your taxable value by a certain percentage each year. So that's the only thing they care about. But you have to keep that spread as tight as humanly possible because in years that there is a debt decline, if your assessed value is so high, your property value goes down, but it may not be 
as low as the taxable value. Right. So we saw this a lot in 2008, 2009, when we had a housing crash where property values were plummeting and people that had been in their homes a long time would say, what the heck's going on? My, my property taxes are going up, but my property value is going down. Well, that's because that assessed value and that taxable value, the spread got so wide um, that it didn't matter. It would take a massive plummet to get your assessed value below the taxable value. So that's the one thing you have to really be um, cognizant of because in the event, I don't see this happening at all, but in the event we did see, you see a, at least in the residential side, property values decline significantly, your taxes may not go down. They can continue to go up because of that. So I, I offer this up every year where if you have questions about that notice of assessment, reach out to me. I'm happy to walk you through it. I've got tools in place where I can pull comps for you. This is the residential side. Randy's more of the commercial side, but um, I'd be happy to talk you through it, make sure you understand. And the process of appeal is not as intimidating as you would think. No. You're talking to members of your community, the Board of Appeals. It's, you know, you, local real estate agent, a local business owner, some old dude that just wants to be part of the community, and that's the one thing that he does. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. it's not that intimidating of a process. You present your case. You leave, and then a week later, you find out if you had any success. So it's not it's not that big of a process. I would encourage you to look into it, and if you have questions, and by all means, reach out. I'm happy to help. All right, all right. Well, so on that note, uh, one quick little accountability check. So the last uh, my brother called me fat episode, I committed to um, finding, you know, seeking out and finding my motivation to get fit. Uh, so when I rewatched that episode, I kind of saw me have that aha moment within that episode. And it was when you were talking about, you know, how fitness relates to business and you can't think about a push up and get fit. You actually have to do the work and there's no secret sauce, right? You actually have to give forth effort to see the results. And so, um, I have, uh, done so I've been to the gym now four times since that episode uh, and I will continue to do so. And I've changed a little bit of my eating habits. I watched the will, or I listened to the Joe Rogan, Will Harris episode. And as I was listening to it, I was kind of like, eh, I, I didn't feel like it resonated with me. Now the business side of that thing was very interesting, but then here I am like almost two weeks later and I'm still daily. I like today I was having that thought process as I was getting ready to come into work. I'm like, I got to be careful about what I eat. And I'm like, oh, son of a gun, that thing, <laughs> that thing stuck with me. You know what I mean? The grass fed yeah. beef and that just what you're putting into your body. So um, from an accountability standpoint, I'm working on getting my jawline back. Uh, and uh, by the way, some people have sent me pictures of you with no jawline. Hey, yeah, they're out there, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's the accountability check for week uh, season uh, or episode three of, 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 of uh, FGW. But we'll wrap it up and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you in a week. Don't know what the topic will be, but it's going to be awesome. Thanks. See you.